You are now listening to the Woke From Home podcast. Woke From Home can be found on all streaming platforms, so please rate, review, share, and subscribe. Also find us on Twitter at Woke From Home or on IG at Woke From underscore home. Now sit back and let's start the pod. Yo, 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 Woke From Home. We back. Another episode, episode 202. This is Eugene. You can find me on Instagram at S-O-O-O-M-A-N-Y-W-H-O-O. I mean, one O. I don't even know my Instagram. Uh, well, glad for y'all to... <laughs> that's a that's a clever Instagram name though. So many who because their last name is Omeni who like that's a that's a good one. Yeah, it was it was coined to me a long, long, long time ago and just stuck. So, you know, we here. I'm glad everybody, you know, if you're listening in, we 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 thank you again for you know giving us your time and your ears to listen to us, just you know, chop it up a little bit. Uh, you know, I got my people with me, Toyin and Seba, what's going on? What's up, what's up? Are we gonna be doing this um Instagram thing every episode? Because no. No, I've, I've said my my name. If you want to know who I am, go and listen to the old episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, how about the people who are just tuning in for the first time today? Though you can Google me, baby. <laughs> 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 Don't worry if they look. I'm on, us, I'm on uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna have our information in the buy in the links of yeah, the, the, the yes. show links for this episode. <laughs> exactly, man. exactly. She being extra. People just want to be contrarians <laughs> for no damn reason. What are you talking about? I'm trying to get new listeners to go listen to old episodes. Duh. Okay, that's fair. Good point. Good point. But well, anyway, so on that point, then I'm uh I'm Siba Chuma on all platforms except uh Twitter. I got uh I got got they got me. So I'm at Siebs uh 33 over there. So do you follow the original Siba Chuma who is on? Yeah, this dude. It was a, it was an Arabic uh uh like a, a like a Middle East hijacking. I'm sorry, I should not say that. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> oh, it was a Middle East jacket. They got me. What they got you selling on there? Cars. I'm selling like <laughs> a, a, a dealership. Well, this oh, is not man. drugs or sex. no, no, no. It's cars. It's like come down, come down to the Dubai Motors and come get you a couple <laughs> a nice lease. <laughs> really nice, man. Oh man, but we, you know, we're glad to to be here talking it up again. Uh, you can also follow us on on Twitter at Woke From Home. We're also on Instagram at Woke From Underscore Home. All right, uh, you know, uh, one thing that we we did see uh, a little interesting is, is our boy Biden. You know, he came out and just flat out said that he was going to nominate a black woman for uh for the replacement of that that seat in the uh yeah, Supreme, Justin, Court? Supreme yeah, Court Supreme Court Justin, Justin <laughs> um, Stephen Breyer Yeah so why I think is uh important to the kind of just note is that if you remember during the primaries when he was in South Carolina campaign was tanking was when he was in strong. South Carolina and the way that he saved it is that he came up to representative uh Clyburn and it was like hey uh, I'm going to nominate a black woman when I get to president. And he he basically endorsed him and that basically gave him his boost in the second wind of, you will, uh, for his campaign. Uh, so I just feel like for me personally, I felt like it's a little bit of performative slash that it's been a long time coming. Like this should have been something that should have been done because how are we going to have run this country and you don't even have a black voice in the highest level of court? So. Uh, what, do, what do y'all have to say about 
about Biden and his uh, so-called promise? Um, personally, I think I don't care if it's performative if a black woman gets confirmed because black women have been saving this country. They have put this country on his back on 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 our back. Black women have so. If anybody needs to be in the Supreme Court, it's a black woman. I'm very, I think that's long overdue. But I will say that him putting it out there in that way, it does kind of put a target on all these women's backs. It would have been there anyway. It will be a challenging confirmation anyway. Although there are some women, I think he has about eight women in the list. Um, And there are some women that um, they have really good records and they are well-liked on both sides of the aisle. They are very respected. So it shouldn't be so much of an uphill battle. But you know how Americans love to make things about reverse racism. White people <laughs> love to cry wolf and pretend that they're getting discriminated against. So I feel like in some ways him coming out and saying like, oh, the only people I'm nominating is a black woman instead of just doing it and not publicizing it as that, that may cause some, some, some friction. Look, it's long overdue, right? We need to have uh, a diverse court. The court has been essentially like 90-something percent white males, right? And it's only in this last kind of generation in which there has been a little bit, like a touch of, call it color, on the Supreme Court, right? Um, one thing that I... I, I and we, we, can come, we can come back to maybe the, the, the intelligence of, of putting it out there. I kind of I, I do think that he's doing a disservice to these people that he's nominating because I understand what he had to tell Clyburn to get his his uh, endorsement in South Carolina. But then I also I also kind of think that it would have been even more dope, right, for his list to just come out and it just be ten black women yeah. on the list. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. That is like uh, okay because that's how lists have been in the past. Like right. in the yeah. past, like lists have just been. But here's list. they just give you a list yeah, and say, these list. are my these are my nominees. These are my, yep. my dudes. These are people that the Heritage Foundation has endorsed, uh, yep. you know, like Trump did, you know, where like the Kavanaugh's and the uh, the, the Barrett's of the world were already pre-selected to be, you know, the nominees for these pre- previous presidents without the fanfare or that that Biden laid at the feet of these like black women that he's kind of selected. So yeah, I'm so- happy that he selected them. I do wish that it was just not a thing, but obviously it's going to be a thing because he said it. Yeah. So that's why. So the reason. So that's exactly why I think it was performing just for the pure fact that he is almost like he's like, he, oh, yeah, I'm the person that nominate all these black women and nobody's ever done this. That's why for me, it feels performative. And then at the same time, this could be this could backfire on him and he could just be setting it up by the way he just did it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it would be a very big waste for Democrats not to put someone in in um, in the seat. Mm -hmm. I think for the first time in a while, because we had eight years of Obama, Mm -hmm. they're actually using their brains in that (laughs) in that in that one of them is retiring because RBG should have retired. She should have. She should have. Yeah. She should have retired when Obama was in office. So the fact that you know Justice Stephen is. Uh, Breyer is retiring, that's a good thing because they need to put somebody in who's relatively young and can be there yep. for, for the next 30, years. 40 years. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's 83. So if they put yeah. somebody who's in their 40s in there right now, I mean, they'll be there for a long time. So he has to put someone there. 
I just hope that the fact that he made such a big deal out of them all being black women and they must be black women. I just hope that that's not going to adversely affect his ability to do that because if he's not able to do that, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board and find other people and they will put whoever they need to put. They will put whoever can get across. So if it's not a white black woman, they're going to put somebody in. They have to put somebody in there. But, um, like I said, I do think that these women have really made names for themselves. They're very re- well respected in the right. field. And so hopefully their excellence can outshine whatever stupid nonsense these white people are doing <laughs> as usual. Do you think that, oh, what was I about to say now? I can't even think what I was about to say. Oh, so well, what, one thing I do want to point out is that I know in the, uh, the nominees that he's had in the federal appeals court, his first 16 have been black women. Um, and they said that's been... Uh, combined with all the pre- previous presidents that's more than all of them combined and that's really surprising when you got somebody that was a whole black ass man like that fact didn't make any sense to me listen the the obama race record will 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 have to be reckoned with as time as we get further and further away from it i think obama by every measure of how presidents are measured was a good president he was a a, a great president by some right like he he had great years, but he has failures. He has blemishes on his record, just like all presidents do. His record on race is really annoying, and you know the <laughs> this this the fact that you just you know the fact that you just uh, listed is another annoyance of the Obama record. But do you think? Do you think that? Because this is how I see Obama. I see Obama as a person who was very much concerned with not being too not overcorrecting or being too extra or being too much right and so i feel like it's not the same for a white president to go out and say all my nominees going to be black right or a majority of my nominees are going to be black versus a black president saying all my nominees are going to be black or most of my nominees are going to be black, which is why I think from a strategy perspective, he tried to like be rainbow. Like I'm going to put some Asians in there. I'm going to put yeah, some Hispanics yeah. in there. I'm going to put a few black people in there. So as to not alarm the whites that he was trying to change the color of the pool. But right. 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 But, because uh, they were because they were paying attention to that. And he doesn't have the same freedom to do that because as a black president, it becomes oh, you just want all your people and you don't care about anybody else, which does that matter? Not necessarily. We can argue about the validity of feeling like that should stop someone from doing what they want to do. But even Democrats, I mean, liberals are incredibly hypocritical and there's plenty of liberal leaders who do not want black people to just rise in station and be, they're fine with black people as long as black people are below them. Plenty of liberals like that. So you're going to have issues within the party and without. So I wonder if that played a factor into why he chose to do it, to do what he did. But, you know, I almost feel like in some things, I mean, Biden's not he's not doing that great. But I also feel like in some things he don't care. Like I saw a video the other day where Biden cussed out the um, reporter. (laughs) He did. (laughs) He don't care. He don't care. He was like, the guy had asked him a question. He's like, yeah. He like responded like uh, sarcastically and said, stupid motherfucker or something like that. Like, <laughs> he the guy out. <laughs> he him out. Hey, so now I remember what I was going to say. 
So, so uh, Supreme Court, do you think so? This is uh, I know last season, Siva uh, brought on uh, the whole age limit thing. Supreme Court should definitely have an age limit. Like you, we just talking about eighty year olds still running, like still in seats, bro. Like, how are you even like functioning without help? Let alone trying to judge for the whole country. Let's not do that because some of them <laughs> exercising and eating well and they're still sharp. But it no, it doesn't matter. But it's not about their health. It's not about their fitness health right. wise. That's what yeah, I'm but it don't, but to me that shouldn't matter. And even mentally, it's not about that. Like I kind of think about the. The, the Supreme Court has so much power on people's like, you know, we don't have an employee mask mandate right now because of the Supreme Court, right? Like we don't have a vaccine ma mandate right now because the Supreme Court was like, yeah, this is some bullshit. And that's happened because Obama couldn't get his nominee in and Trump got two extra ones, right? So the yeah. balance of the court shifted. And so now the fabric of just like normal life is different because we have uh, this permanent body that cannot be impeached for almost any reason. It's ridiculous. And so I'm all for the great, uh, the, the, the democratic Senate with its limited power, just trying to figure out how to rectify this wrong man, or this imbalance, so to speak, right? Like how to, you know, whether it's packing the court, adding three or four seats that Biden is going to fill. Like, I don't listen, man, I don't care, man. Change the rules. I yeah. don't care. Because this yeah. country is going to cease to exist in the way that it looks like the the the, the power in this country is not going to look like the constituents in this power. We already have it, you know, with with money, right, with the imbalance in wealth, and and now we're going to have it in just like the imbalance of voice, and it's uh, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say we can uh, agree, we can have our own thoughts about whether or not the vaccine mandate was <laughs> what we wanted or not, but I mean. <laughs> You know, I do think to your point that it just it doesn't make sense for one, especially because we have we have a two party system, whether we like it or not. And yeah. that's not going to change anytime soon. And so with that being part of of what we have, we want to have as much we should have as much balance as we can in the courts. It shouldn't be skewed to one direction, because, I mean, once they lay down the law, I'm, unless it comes up again, and they're going to review their own previous Supreme Court decisions. It, right. it just. It just is there and it can take 40, 50 years before something that something can change after the Supreme Court makes a decision and vice somebody versa. Ages, so, somebody ages out and then you can possibly have right. hope to change. That's right. nonsense. So it's right. important. It's they, need, they need to get out when it's retirement age. That's my solution. Yeah. 65 be, get, be going. Oh, yeah. Be yeah. going. You pack yeah, your bag like, up going. Exactly. Going. It's 55. Oh, well, I shoot, think, we do 55. 50, that's fine. I think 55 is okay. I mean, if somebody gets on the court and they're 50, that's okay. Yeah, Come you got on. five good years. Make be the change you believe five in. Five years, years. No, five years is like you're getting you're getting different, different. You can have all kind of crazy people. I mean, I guess you could for 15 years as well. But I feel like the we vetting have, was have, the same. Have, you know, you know, Judge Clarence Thomas for for 20, no, almost 30 years, he would not say anything. In the court, he would not ask no questions. He would not ask for no follow-ups. He would he sit in the court. He would show up every day in silence. He, he was just there so he wouldn't no. get fined. No, I mean, he would still write the dissents, and he was always engaged, taking notes and all that stuff. But he didn't speak. Like, he didn't say anything out loud. That's crazy. Maybe that's, crazy. Maybe that's his way. What does that you're, even mean? You're not, a you're not a lawyer. 
you're not a judge, so you don't. I don't I and mean, those are not requirements no. to be Supreme Court justices, by the they're, way. Uh, they're not, which is crazy. As also, oh, then I but, need to run. Um, but I will say, you just need to get nominated. That's it. maybe he didn't need. He, maybe he didn't feel the need to ask anything because what was presented was pertinent enough for him to make his decision based on his philosophy. Okay. Because again, people are making these decisions not just based on their political affiliation, but also their philosophy of how the Constitution. In, like whether they're very literal about the Constitution, whether they are they think it's about the spirit of the, the Constitution, whether they feel it's evolving, whatever. Everybody's bringing their own to the table. So yeah, but it's not only that, though, like these these Supreme Court justices are selected by presidents and presidents who have a political. Right. So that that's why I said that's part of it. Yeah. no. <laughs> so, it doesn't but, matter. But, but, so why does it matter if if somebody is going to not talk? If they're gonna vote in line with their party, why do, why do they need to? Okay, be so pretend? what's the point of us even having exactly? Uh, what is, what what's, is what's, the point? What's the what's the, what's the why point? do they need to ask questions if they're gonna do what we expect them to do anyways? If they're gonna yeah. agree with what we're gonna expect them to agree with, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg is asking twenty questions and still gonna disagree, why the fuck do we care? Like, who cares? Hey, listen, questions? I'm not disagree. I'm not disagreeing with you, but as the you're speaking didn't out loud, do anything. like, listen, I'm not disagreeing with you, but <laughs> as you're speaking. Like the absurdity of the system is more and more clear. I think it's like, absurd as well. Obviously, it's just, it's I, I do ridiculous. think that. I think it don't make no sense. It don't make. It no don't sense. make. It don't we make should, any we sense. Put, we should put everything to a vote. <laughs> Nothing would get done. Nothing man. would get done. It no, no, forever. I mean like like we could all just go and vote. Like we should all just again. Like, hey, hey, y'all show up. Y'all show up on on November fifth. We're, we're voting on these ten issues. And <laughs> it would be just like how it is now. You have populations that are very disengaged. And then it's basically to who the winner, the spoils goes to whoever can get their people, the most of their people to show up or whatever. It would be the same we have right now. No. OK, this is not OK. That's a point. But like, I think we're, we're, we're going to maybe touch on on student student loans, for example. Right. Like that's that's an issue that regardless of what President Biden is going to do, is going to end up on the Supreme Court. Right. Like the Supreme Court will see action about um student loans just like they're seeing action on uh, affirmative action right right now like every five years there's a there's a court case that comes up that's related to affirmative action whatever whatever on the court if you just ask average americans about any one of these like divisive issues they're not that divisive you know what i mean like it's like a 60 40 split it's like a 70 30 split. you think affirmative it's, action is not divisive it, it, no it's not as a it's not as divisive as as like these things are made out to to be, you sure? I, I maybe student loans with student loans I could get that. I think every person that I think every person, average person on the street, if you went on the street and asked people, I think that most people would say, yeah, student loans, get rid of them. Yeah, let's get rid of them. But yeah. affirmative action is not. I don't think it's like that. No, I think if you framed it in the way that affirmative action works. And you let's like explain to people like what it, what the intent was. No, right? they but, tried to do that. It had a yeah. whole marketing campaign that failed. Yeah, it didn't a work. Like if you if you think about the basis of it is like if a white person looks at affirmative action, they're just going to break it down as, hey, we're trying to help my my more minorities get take these spots that they're supposed to be for me. That's how they look at it. How it doesn't matter how how you spit action. it, how you're going to spit it, it. That's how they're going to receive it. And it requires that people that are white uh, affirm that they have a privilege or that there's di there's not equity in our current 
and in our current how you institution. Do that? So how do, how do you... And they do not agree. They do not agree no. to that. So how did we get how did we get affirmative action then? Right? Because it wasn't like, voted got, on. Was it voted yeah, it on? It wasn't voted on. Wasn't that uh, executive order? Right? Like affirmative action was law, right? Am I it tripping? wasn't an executive order? Nah, man. We do okay, you know what? We don't know enough about the yeah, order. So I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to go back and do some We're research. Gonna have to do some research and get back to y'all because I'm about to you about to F but it was but but Gene is right. It was created by by executive order by John yeah. F. Kennedy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll come back to no, it. No, people didn't vote for that. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm 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 saying. Okay, that's fair. I'm saying that I would rather have to convince, you know, 300 million people of something than have to convince these nine people that have already like demonstrated what their predilection is. And what I mean, their, their, their party their, party line, their, their party that's line, it. what their stint. Yeah, what I mean the math doesn't is. make sense, but I get the sentiment of what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can, I, can I can I can I ask y'all a question as we get ready for for the next kind of what we're about yeah, to talk go about? Ahead. Go ahead. Do you think that Africans should be entitled to affirmative action benefits that uh, are based on race? Who said that Africans get them in the first place? I'm asking. Wait, well, hold I on. Mean, Who says they don't? But the the people that benefit most from affirmative action is white women. Okay, this is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not barely that many black people getting it anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, why why wouldn't we? We're in this country. We're still considered black. We still we're still getting wherever crux that I think us if black tick, people if, are. If you tick the form black, then. Uh-huh. You, I should receive that one. It's simple. Now, okay. reparations, okay. that's a different conversation. Okay, okay. For, forget about reparations. I'm I'm talking about, so, like, for example, like, at universities, right? Like, when we start talking about, like, kind of race-based selection processes. Yes. The yeah. answer is yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because let me tell you something. Like, for example. No, oh, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm excited about this one. Because, because, for example, let's look at a school like Harvard. Harvard. They had a case brought against them, affirmative action case. The, the Supreme Court is going to review that case uh, in the summer, I think. Uh-huh. Um, you got to think about, would you rather have, when it comes to affirmative action, if that affirmative action policy is actually working to increase the numbers and the enrollment of Black students on campus, if 10 Black students apply and six of them are African, you're not going to admit the six black students or African students and say, no, it's only for blacks. It, what if there's not enough? Like the percentages sometimes, especially when you're talking about higher education and yeah. upper echelon schools, the percentage of, of African-American students applying is already minuscule to begin with. So as yeah. many people that can get in that are ticking the ticking the box should go, because at the end of the day, when you look at the population of students, you can still say like there was ten black people in my graduating yeah, class, yeah, but it was twelve, as opposed to zero or one, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 I guess when when I'm thinking about what affirmative action is trying to accomplish, as far as like building a diverse coalition, a, a diverse student body, like a diverse country and higher like in positions of like employment, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I I think that it, there 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 should be. And there is a distinction with like black people and Africans. Like I think that there, I think that the the law should still pr- protect 
that seat for a black person who has been the sub who has been the subject of this country's disrespect and whatever the Malcolm X words are for like what they've done to black bodies. Right. And honestly, the black bodies that were done were were they're not African bodies. But at the same time, when you're on campus as a as an African student, uh-huh. they still gonna tell you you only got you're, it because of affirmative action. They're not good, saying, oh, you're African. They're not saying, oh, you're African. You must be smart enough to be here as opposed yeah. to black people that are affirmative action black people. No, they're in still their, looking at you the same. Yeah, so in their so in their staff, who, who, cares how they're, who, who cares how they're looking at you? Like, it's not this just is about like, how they're looking at you. No, but this is about like actually getting people on campus. Like, this is a, about actually so getting I don't, So what are yeah, you but, saying? Okay. That black, the African students should not be able should to not get benef- those Should not benefit for... They 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 should benefit for for affirmative action as much as like Asians students. Asian students at higher education, like especially Ivy League. Yeah, no, no, I know, I know. I mean, I, that 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 uh case, like the the case uh, in University of Michigan, was brought by uh, an Asian. Yeah, they do not benefit because they're overrepresented. No, no in they that weren't. Population. No, no, the the Asian student who didn't get into University of Michigan. Is the one who sued University of Michigan. I get that because yeah. Asians are overrepresented in pretty much every higher education situation. Yep. You're talking about the okay. population of Asian students, and then you look at the population, it, it, they're overrepresented. That's why well, they're well, not. Okay, so and Nigerians why, are the same. What are you talking so that's about? Why, but we don't have a. The United States does not give nuance to black people. That's yeah. my point. My point is if you looked at Nigerians on a college campus, they don't right? give nuance no, to Asians either, no, whether you're no, Asian. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What I'm saying is if you look at, if we're talking about trying to build a diverse whatever, right? Like there is, there should be a nuance between black people and Nigerians and Africans. There's a difference yeah, between but, international students and American I'm students. Not even talking about, I'm not even talking so, about international what students. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about. The first generation African students never should not be the selection because the they're poll American, selection because their uh-huh. passport says America because they were born in America. They're okay, students. then that's fine. What I'm saying is that when we are doling out spots in universities, the cut of the pie that should that belongs to black people, descendants of slaves, should not include Africans. That's all I'm saying. I think that's so. So you said that's what I think that's very stupid. Yeah, Why? so 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 Siva, here's my thing. So uh-huh. if you think if you think about when universities put out their numbers like, hey, we let 10 percent of our uh, enrollment to be like black people, do you think in their do you think in their minds that they're thinking of, thinking about, hey, we need to it just needs to be black people that look black or they need to be diving in deeper, like, okay, this person was born in America, this person was born in Kenya, this person was born in yes. in let's not okay, even, but they're not, not even, but they're not going to do that. Talking about international students because it's different because they. Treat I'm, not, I'm talking about no, I'm, I'm talking about, about American students. About, okay, but but yes. they don't do that for Mexicans that yeah, were born that are first generation. Yeah, so, I'm not no, so when no when I so when I say so what I mean when I say that is that they're they're first generation, but their their lineage is from like Kenya. Their lineage is from Ghana. They're not like universities are not going to do not that. Kenyan. They're just they're, look, they're just look. Yeah, so they're just looking at their they have black skin, we're counting them as black bodies in our population, and, and they're fine with that. Even, it's not even every country. I don't know. I would have to do research. I know with Nigeria, if your parents are Nigerian, born in Nigeria, you can get a passport. It may not be that way for every country. So to for every African country. So to say that a child that's born in America, raised in America, should not 
be able to benefit from American laws that protect people right. of their race and right. then say it should be different for them because they're first generation. It's very crazy because it's not every yes, Nigerians, you can go you can go to Nigeria and be a citizen in Nigeria. Great. What does that mean? We can talk about whether that's a good thing or not, but whether that's a privilege or not. But yeah. I don't know that every African country works that way. So what these okay, people I'll are write, these I'll people are American. So why should they not be able to have a seat? Unless you're unless you're calling for a specific percentage or carve yeah. out for 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 black Americans. Yes, which, that's exactly what I'm calling about. for. And so but, then if there's not enough black American students that apply for that program, those seats should just go to whoever. Yes. No, they should no. go to other black people. Yeah. No, why? Yeah. Well, I'll look about okay. why. Let's go okay. to other black people. Well, hold on. So what what happens at universities that have uh like that have a quota for Native American students? They're not supposed to have right. a quota, but they do. Huh? But no, they, they but they, they should have a quota, quota though, right? Like but they're not quota programs. That's not what affirmative action is. Technically. No, well, okay, fair enough. What I'm saying is, if we are set, if, if those programs that have set aside spots for Native American students, right, like okay. Native American, like Indians, like the people that the white people have the spots like, go to other people because they have a class number. Other people. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying so, that I'm saying that as it is disrespectful for Africans to benefit from no, programs not. that were designed to attempt so to write the wrong for. For for what this country did to to, to slaves. Okay, yes. so implication of what you're wrong. saying. Yes. This is the implication of what you're saying. This school has a hundred seats for an incoming class. Mm -hmm. Ten of those seats are reserved for African descendants of slaves. Yes. Only five apply. Uh -huh. The school is going to fill a hundred seats anyways. So uh -huh. what you're saying is you would rather those extra five seats because only five applied and they all got in. Those uh -huh. extra five seats to go to other who to whoever the university wants to fill it with, which could be white people, versus it being Africans. That's what you're saying, because that's basically what you're saying. They could give I'm it to saying, that no, is what no, you're saying. No, 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 I'm saying really, really, what happens with the other five seats? I don't care as much. What but I'm that's saying, the problem. You should no, care. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that the five, the 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 the, the university, when it's considering the ten people that it's going to consider. It it's not should. considering 10 people because they don't have 10 people to consider. Okay, so the five people that they're considering, whoever they're considering should be 100% African-American. That's fine, they are. The five of them that no, apply. No, they're not, though. Other, they're not, though. Listen to what I said because you're not you're not working within the parameters of no, my I'm scenario. Let, let, you're let, adding let, your own let, thing. Let's make it. Let's, let's seats, scenario. 10 seats yes. are earmarked for ADOS applicants. Does that even exist? Wait, wait. Because I'm going with what you just said. Let's let's go. Ten seats are earmarked for ADOS students. Mm -hmm. Only five apply. I was not when we began this conversation. I was not speaking on the premise of there's a plethora of candidates. I said mm -hmm. in the case that there's a shortage. Let's say there's not enough black students, ADOS descendant people to fill mm -hmm. the seats. Uh -huh. I think that yes. The other t five seats should be for anyone who checks the box as box as black because it's better for there to be black as black African or West Indian or whatever than there or black Hispanic for them mm -hmm. to be than for them to go to white students. That's yeah, what I, I'm exactly. I, I I agree with you. They're right. never going to earmark. You. Unfortunately, white people don't care about the nuance of black people. They should, but they don't. There's never going to be a situation because first of all. 
they deny quotas anyways, even though that's what they be doing. It's a percentage or a quota amount, right. whatever. Right. But they sure. will tell you it's not no quota. Then they're never going to do that that research or that work to to make sure they're administering a program where they're saying that the students that these the, the quota that we're doing is we want to fill it primarily with students who are actu actually African descendants of slaves. That is a dream world that is never going to happen. It's just Correct. not. That is yeah. a dream world that they figured out how to do it with Native Americans. They should figure out how to do it with. Them. They're not going to do it with black people because they should. They should. They're not going to do it because, again, just like the example of someone who is first generation, that would also require people to bring out records that may not even exist in the South. Do they keep records of every slave that was born? So how do you prove that you're a descendant of a slave? Is it just like, oh, well, this is my grandma. And she was born here. So therefore, in this time period, some people can't they don't have no records to prove. So how would they do that? Yeah. I, I, OK, look, you, you, you know who who can prove that they were not a descendant of slaves? You can. You know, yeah, but that's not that's not you're and the problem that you have right. is not going to go away because you're still going to have international students and they're not going to apply that to international students. And there's yep. other students who get into schools that I'm not going to go to because they're from other countries as well. So you're saying the international student population doesn't matter. They still count that as part of their black people. Yeah, that's yep. ridiculous to me. So what should they count them as? They should count them as their international quota. It's like they don't have a quota for international students. Whatever, whatever, whatever spots they have set aside for international students. It's for the U.S. It's for United States citizen. That's who it's It's not for international students. I listen. I I don't. I I did not think that it would be controversial to say that I should not benefit for programs that were designed to benefit. Like I don't think that's controversial. I just think that the way that you're trying to administrate it doesn't make sense. I'm not an administrator. I'm just a person who's trying to to figure out how black people. I'm not administrating anything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud, right? I'm just saying, like, look, we think about programs like affirmative action, programs like, uh, like reparations is less controversial, but that's still the same sort of deal, right? That not it really. is. I mean, yeah. at some point they're gonna, at some point they're like, if if the if truly, I truly believe this. I've always believed this. Like, this country will not ever get a racial reckoning until they put the money. They're not gonna give reparations. I don't see that happening. In my no, life. I don't see it happening either. And the other thing that's gonna happen is that people are gonna burn this place down. Because you can never, you can never move on. You can never take the next step towards like any sort of whatever, peaceful, whatever, like fair, if you don't right the wrongs. And this country has attempted to right wrongs very poorly, right? Affirmative when? action being a poor example of it, right? The Civil Rights Act being a very poor example of it. Uh, reparations being the example that is like the least poor, right? They just put money in the pockets of people who have not been able to benefit from this country's like economic boom, right? I think so to you your think, point, I, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say so, like a thousand dollars, and you know, for like all university free, and you think that's enough for for no taxes, no taxes, don't participate in the tax system for an for a period of time. That should be your lifetime, then. Yeah, that's that's fine with me. I would not argue with anyone who said black people should never pay taxes ever. Like okay. they, I mean, they, they, they like that comes back to like how the, the the existence of this country is is like this country would not exist as we know it. We wouldn't be here right now if slaves hadn't been here first. Like we, I mean, because America would not be a place that was desirable. It would be like fucking Canada. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there'd be no reason for us to come here, right? But this country had a 400 year head start of free labor that wrong has never been corrected 
And, you know, Africa, I, I, I'm not going to speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I've benefited more from uh, I've, I've, I've benefited more from whatever colonialism or from the backs of of slaves right here in this country than they have from anything else. Right. Like we just got rid of the child tax care credit right now. It's just expired. And that like disproportionately affects poor blacks kids. Right. But no one's going to complain or cry about it because it's just black kids, you know, that are affected, you know? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that there's, there's, I think it is disrespectful for me to even begin to lump myself in their suffering. Or I think think what you're saying, we might as well go to the next kind of, introduce Uh the next thing because i think the premise of what you're saying as as far as the affirmative action conversation that we just had was this idea that if you are not an african descendant of slave and you're and you are succeeding in an area that they are have special parameters for you to for you to succeed or programming or whatever that you're kind of like taking a spot of a black person or ados ados person Mm -hmm. and i disagree with that because I'm not going to sit here and say that I have the same exact experience as someone who was whose family was taken from Africa, brought to this country and was raised here. Obviously, that is very wrong for me personally. I would not take re- reparations if they were like, oh, we're giving reparations. I would not take reparations, even though because of the systems of inequality and the institutions, there's still institutionalized race, race, institutionalized racism that does affect me as a black person in this country. When you talk about home values, when you talk about all these type of things, ta- property taxes, certain things like that, that black people are adversely affected, uh, loans, interest rates, all that kind of stuff. That does affect me as a black person. When you talk about driving while being black or doing anything while being black, being racially profiled, where it can be put your life in danger. I've had situations with the police and they did not look at my foreign name and go, oh, you're not a regular black person. So we're going to yeah. let you go. So I still have have had experiences that have disadvantaged me as a black person because of the color of my skin in this country. So while I do not say like, oh, I should take reparations, I still don't feel like it would be fair to say like, oh, whatever I'm doing in my life, wherever I am or my profession or the school I went to, if there was affirmative action or not, I took someone's spot and it should have gone to someone who was was really black American versus me who's a first generation Nigerian. Like, I don't think that that is a fair thing to say um, because the only reason why my parents are in this country is because of white people. And okay, unfortunately, go, 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 go take uh, unfortunately, your... unfortunately, the same country that took ants, people that were probably relatives of mine down, down the line and brought mm-hmm. them here to work free labor are the same people that subjugate and exploit the, the continent of Africa and have a vested interest in the country, in the continent, not developing to its full potential and interrupted the economic development of the continent to where they created this problem where people need to leave there in order to have to seek better economic and um, secure opportunities for them and their families. So unfortunately, it's white people doing what white people do. And I don't think it's fair to say like, because we're both, both people that are African descendants of slaves and both people that are their parents are migrating because of these terrible conditions. Not necessarily all Africans who immigrate is for that, but there's some people that immigrate for more serious reasons than just, I can't find a job. Right. Or there's no sure. work. Sure. It's all the, we're all being, it's all because of white supremacy and the oppression of, of, of the West and white people. So what would you, can, can I ask you, can I ask you a question? Either, either one. Of you, 
can 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 answer this, but like if you if you um, attribute like what what do you attribute the kind of the outcomes that um, first generation Nigerians, uh, Africans, immigrants have uh, in this country uh, opposed to multi-generational like black people. Like when we start talking about their employment outcomes, their educational outcomes, their uh, medium income outcomes, like black people, like native black people of this country um, lag behind immigrants, African immigrants, uh, first generation, all that stuff. Like what, 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 what would you attribute that gap to? And do you think that it it's important? Do you think that the the country should try to close that gap? I think it's just um, a blueprint. It's just a blueprint. Like every immigrant group has blueprints for how they address how they're going to restart in a country. There mm-hmm. is a reason why Vietnamese people open the businesses they open. Uh-huh. There is a reason why Chinese people open the businesses that they open. They find a blueprint that works and they keep replicating it. And I feel like. For many African immigrants, they chose education as the blueprint, get these Mm -hmm. higher advanced degrees. There's only certain, we always joke about it, like, oh, there's only certain professions that our parents accept. They chose the blueprint Mm -hmm. and they make their kids stick to it. And that's what, as an immigrant group, that's what it is. It's just that we happen to also be black. So it looks like, oh, we're doing something that's very, very different. I just think we chose a blueprint. Like yeah. go to school. That was the blueprint. So they're doing it. Other people, other immigrant groups come open this type of business. That's the blueprint that they choose. Like it's a blueprint. I think, That's what I think. I think for me is like the, the really the 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 difference is that you have the black people they've been here, and then you got our parents or people that are migrating. They ain't been here, so they don't. Uh, uh, you're you're forced to go. You you're forced to grind as soon as you you touch down. That's just really. For me, that's that's the difference I see. I, I mean, I don't know, like I don't know the like the background, like the lineage of like my black friends of like how how their parents were raised and how their parents were raised and like what was taught in their heads. Like just to go back to Twin's point, our parents came here and they they grinded and the, our blueprint was like, hey, you need to go to school. It wasn't right. go. It wasn't the like the thing that came out their mouth wasn't, hey, you need to play football. You need to go hoop. It was like, hey, right. you need to go to school. Who cares about all that other stuff? I mean, that's just really as simple as it, as it is to me. And that's not to say that, you know, when you're talking about black Americans, there's no grind or there's not. That's yeah, not to say yeah. any. There's not to say any of that. Um, I just think and I will say there's a certain advantage to being an immigrant as opposed to generation being the carrying the generational trauma of right. being black American. Yeah. Because I will say, like, you can't. First of all, I, I'm Nigerian, so I can speak to that. But I don't really like people using Nigerians as the as the as the example or as the case study for black immigration from other countries, because Nigerians as a people, if you take it from every away from other cu- cultures and countries, Nigerians are just like they believe they're better than everybody. Uh-huh. So coming to a country where they're like, oh, black people are low. Nigerians are like, man, I don't care. I'm better than everybody. And there's just like there there's that about being Nigerian. That's not the same with necessarily other African immigrants or other African countries that we see here. Like, it's not necessarily the same attitude. That's right, because uh, we ain't got that a- attitude down here in, in the South. Yeah, it's not the same, it's not the same attitude. It's not the yeah. same attitude. So I think that that's also markedly different. And I don't know where that comes from or why that is that way. I would have to probably do some research to figure out why it's like that. But right. um, that's a little bit different. Um, 
But I think immigrants in general, they do have, and not just Black immigrants, that it's immigrants in general, they do have a different mindset that they enter into a system with. And I think part of that is also assimilation. That's a superpower for a lot of immigrants because they don't feel the need to necessarily buck the system or, or you know, change the status quo necessarily. They are always trying to figure out how do I fit into this system and make it work for me in the best way that I can. And I think that that is a lot of the attitude for a lot of Black immigrants coming to America, especially yeah. in the earlier in the earlier I mean, days, I mean, not but, necessarily yeah. now, not necessarily now, but in the earlier days, it's very much like keep your head down. Don't speak to anyone. And I definitely think that that was part of the black ethos for some time, but not always like it's this toss up between like be radical and be um, revolutionary. And then also like, don't say nothing, don't speak, do what they want you to do type of attitude. And I don't feel like immigrants feel that tension or pressure as much. To change right. the system at all. Yeah, absolutely. And you, because and you, I mean, uh, go, go go on, Gene. No, uh, no, I was gonna say we, we know that for a fact because look at our parents and how things are being run at home right now. If you go out to Nigeria, is all the old people like, oh yeah, we shouldn't really shouldn't really mess with the system, even though they complain about it. They're just they're just fine with it. And you see the younger people, they're like, nah, fuck that. We want to be radical. We want to you know we want to change things. It's um is. It's like what you hearing from people our age back in Nigeria or back or wherever is like, like what our what would have been like our parents in their teens in the 60s when they wanted to you know buck the system and be radical and, and, and find change. And, and that is the same tension that black people had here. Right. In, in, in those years. Right. In those posts, kind of yeah. that civil rights segregation years in which just like you're saying, Tony, and like there there is a tension between. You know, am I going to die for this? Am I going to am I going to keep my head down and just like take care of me and my family or am I trying to make some change to the system? Um, look, I hear you, Toyin. I think you're making uh, a lot of uh, amazing points, honestly, um, stuff that I hadn't thought of. Um, I, I, I do think that something that you said um, that resonates with me is the the fact that black people that Af that Africans that come here, immigrants that come here don't carry the 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 trauma that you know being being in this country throughout the through its worst ages you know yeah. what i mean like, there's trauma but it's a different kind of trauma no sure. it's yeah it's a, yeah but 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 the idea that you could like leave your home to come to like another place like there's like this fresh start like yeah. that's true yeah yeah when yeah. you travel when you leave home that you know you know black people here don't like the fresh start was to move to chicago like yeah. like niggas in the south moved to Chicago and that was the fresh start. Moved to yeah. New York and moved to not in the Ohio. country. There is no yeah, fresh yeah. start. Right. And so you don't get to make your experience with, what you want it to be. Yeah. You don't because yeah. every all those systems still around you are still like limiting you. You know what I mean? Like redlining yeah. is still happening wherever you move to in this country. You know what I mean? Like that you can't even like buy your way out of this situation right that even if you try to sell your house like to your point like you know the 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 bank man is gonna be like yeah your house is worth about 40 percent of what you uh <laughs> yeah you know, yeah i mean black yeah. people then then cooked up in the kitchen boy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean but but i i will say that like i think that i do think improvements can be made on the on the immigrant side um or first generation people. I don't, I really feel like that's weird because I, I think that people that are first gen get a very weird um, 
or a bad hand. They get dealt a bad hand in the sense that I have first generation friends who are not and do not identify at all with their culture. They don't know not, like where their parents came from. They don't know nothing mm -hmm. about it. They don't, what yeah. they know is black culture. What they know is being black. Some of them grew up in the inner cities alongside other black people. That right. is what they know. They don't know nothing about Kenya. They don't know nothing about Uganda. They don't know nothing about that. Can't connect to it. Some of them don't even have the names. They don't have the language. They don't have the food. They don't have anything. So to say to that person that, oh, you're not black because you're not a descendant of slave. I think like their their experience and what they're living is very much a black a, a black experience. I mean, they, their parents, they, they don't have anything. And then I do feel like there are some of us who are more, you know, engaged with our culture, where we came from, where our parents came from. We're kind of straddling two worlds and things like that. And I think some work can be done for immigrants who come, for folks that come straight from from Africa or the West Indies or wherever. And I will say, like, when, when people are having these conversations about Black immigration, they do really, they really are targeting Africans. Nobody's talking about Jamaicans coming here and saying, Jamaicans took my spot at the, at yep. the thing. I never yep. hear that. And nobody's yep. talking about Haitians. Oh, Haitians took my spot at the thing. Because and the reason why is because those populations are not known for being wealthy, right? Yeah. Like right. they're not they're they're not known for being on no Forbes thirty under thirty. And even though you know if you look at the Forbes thirty under thirty list, you might have if there's if there's you know four hundred of them, you might have twenty Nigerians, which is a very small percentage or whatever. If you take all the black people, if you have twenty black people, you might have five Nigerians among them. It just seems like such a big thing because it's like. Let me finish. I don't. I'm just making up numbers. So okay, like, yeah. Because <laughs> my but, university was like ninety percent. The black people was like ninety percent Nigerian. So what I'm saying is this: if it just because there's Nigerians there or whatever, then people are like, oh, it's Nigerians. And even on the so God, sorry, we didn't even introduce this well because what we were talking about or what brought this conversation is on Twitter this past week. We just started. We was on fire. We were fired yeah, up. Boy. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah I, I were fired up. I was just sitting back listening. <laughs> on Twitter this past week, there was a Twitter space, which is like kind of like Clubhouse on Twitter. It was called Secure the Tribe. And basically the, the gist of the conversation was that Black immigration uh, is not good or helpful to, to ADOS or Black Americans, that African immigrants or immigrant Black immigrants, they take spots or opportunities away from other black people um and for me i definitely feel again there can be work done for for immigrants because the hard thing about getting out the mud as an immigrant for someone to tell you that like anytime and this is any person for some reason human beings are just obsessed with this idea that their hard work means something and that they accomplish things by themselves no one does anything by themselves, but like in our culture, we've made it a badge of honor to like do stuff on your own, to like get it out the mud by yourself. And uh -huh, for you yeah. to if for you to start a conversation by saying like by trivializing someone's experience, by saying like, um, forget all the hard work that you feel like you did. It's really because you're taking somebody else's spots or it's really because you're using these other people's privileges. It it obviously start it strikes a strikes a nerve with people. Same thing with white people when you tell them they have privilege. It's like, oh my god, but I did this and I I experienced this and I had these hardships. So I think like the framing of that conversation is always going to be difficult for people to receive. But I do think Africans, immigrants, and Black immigrants have to understand that they're not while they're having they have their own trauma because 
they want to be at home, but their home right. doesn't work because of white people or like, yeah, yeah right. Like they want to be yeah. at home, but it doesn't work because of white people and the suffering that they see or saw before coming is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have to be sensitive to the fact that there is a different experience and not to trivialize that. And I think part of the idea that like, cause growing up, I heard some stuff that my parents would say about black people. And I'd be like, nah, y'all wrong. That's not right. But hey, we all heard it to their credit to in their defense, not in my house, to their defense, <laughs> to their in their defense. They grew up seeing the same narrative about black people that America has spun about who black people are and what they are. There's no nope. narratives out there in the world that black people are hardworking and generous and forgiving and all these virtuous things. It's that they're lazy. They only play sports. They're not serious about school. They do drugs or they sell drugs. Like that's the same thing that they've been saying since forever. And that's what my parents grew up hearing about black people. So when they come here and they're seeing it, maybe small, small, because there are some people that are like that. They're like, oh yeah, that's true. But it's not. And I think that that's something that people that are immigrating today and people that are in these conversations that are African or first gen or whatever, they kind of have to reconcile that and be like, nah, bro, like, you need to pay attention to the fact that there are distinct differences and disadvantages to being to coming out of this system and to being here and generations of people of someone pushing you down and saying you will not rise. That is very different from your parents who somehow, whether they suffered to get the money or got a lottery or whatever, got the opportunity to come here and build the life that they wanted. Right. Through, you know, yeah. so there's something different there. But I also think to have a conversation where we as black people are saying like, oh, you're taking our spots and opportunities or whatever, decenters whiteness in a way that is not helpful to any black people, because we are all still experiencing the Ooh, oppression victim, of whiteness. All right. Everyone is a victim. We are all victims. The victimization is different. Some people's victimization is longer than other people's. But to decenter whiteness and start arguing amongst ourselves about the 12 spots they gave us when it's like <laughs> we should have whatever spots we want. Right. Yeah. Like we yeah. should have whatever we want, not just the 10 that they're giving us. Like that to me is not helpful to like center to decenter whiteness and make it about yeah. like African immigrants are taking my spot. Yeah. Like, no, whiteness even gave you guys something to be fighting about and like white supremacists are sitting there like ha ha yeah <laughs> yeah we did it again <laughs> fighting over the scraps that we left yeah you like yeah. i don't like that so should black people be anti-black immigration pardon should black people be anti-black immigration so so should they be no. against black i don't no. think so no, i don't think the, so no i don't think that i don't think that that is kind of the solution to this issue and i don't think um like you know, one thing that I will say, uh, Toyin, to, to some of the things that you did say, um, like, I will say that, um, you know, the way that uh, uh, black people have been marketed to the world, right, to all over the world, right? Like, yeah. Asian, like, like, how can you be racist in Asia? You've never uh, come across a black person in your life, but, but still, like, <laughs> land over there and you racist towards, like, black skin, right? Like, the... <laughs> That's all the mark, like the white supremacy, the the marketing of black hate. I don't want to get anecdotal here, right? But I will say that, like in my experience in kind of corporate America, in the work world, in in you in uh, in school, right at at Texas Tech University, that there is 
<clears throat> like whether you whether you want to accept it or not like actually no let me take that back there is um like a view of the model kind of immigrant that you know africans have that is not afforded to to black people like i don't think it is again i can understand sitting in my seat trying to figure out why you know our first black president was you know barack hussein obama you know what i mean like he was like a descendant of an african you know what i mean like he's not he he didn't even grow up in the african-american like system he doesn't have the the he grew up as a white person so i think that 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 is dead in the water and and and, what do you mean dead in the water meaning that it's his proximity to whiteness that allowed him to. that's fine and 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 a lot of and 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 a lot of like african nations like they're black people they're kind of their model blacks grew up close to whiteness grew up to colonialism they speak french you speak portuguese speak the queen's english like that's still going to make you more acceptable to white white people in white spaces than a person a black person that grew up yeah here. for an immigrant who's coming straight from another country yeah i would for an immigrant who came from another country as yeah. like an international student or whatever yeah. international yeah. hire We're, i could agree with that because white people have a fascination with other cultures exotic cultures and exoticizing black people so yes if you have that, a slight accent or whatever yeah, there's going to be a preference for you because you're not even American. There's something exotic about you. So yeah, but, I could agree but, with that. But even when you show up with your when you show up with your no. resume, when you show up with your resume, and your resume is uh has a, you have a Nigerian name. They don't register it as African, Nigerian. You have, you have an African name. They don't register it as African. What what do you mean? What do, what do they register it as? Do you think people know they my just name say like, black? I just know it's black. I, mean, I, I, I am asked where I am from the moment anyone sees my name. Yeah, because yeah, because they see your name, name. they're like, damn, that's that's different. Where's that from? Because no, they, they're that like, where be- are you from? They know I'm not from here. Because every because black people have their last names are Johnson. It's somebody's son, right? It's Thompson. Yeah, but, but what's that first? But what's that first name though? They're gonna also say like, oh, where's this name? How you say this name? Where's that from? Yeah, where's that from? Like it's it's cultural. Like I mean, to her point, but what I'm saying is that like. Just because we're second, we're first generation doesn't mean that we escape the kind of the curiosity of black people, of 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 uh, of white people. Okay. And what I'm saying is, you know, there are na- there are black names that you know we've we've seen these studies done. There are African, there are African American names, black names, quote unquote names that people consider to be ghetto that get you eliminated immediately. They don't care about your credentials. They don't care about where you went to school. They don't care about anything. They they look at your name and they're just like, no, we're not going to hire this person. But on the other hand, a person by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, they that's, not, to say, that's not the study. So okay. that study's not there. So you can't. That study you is against is black names versus white sounding names, right, not black right. names versus other foreign names. So you can't. But it's black names. It's OK, black but you names. can't extend it because you don't know the correlation between having a, a name like Hussein versus Hussein is a is a is a name that sounds like a a, a terrorist. It's, it's it's an Arabic yeah. name, yeah. But what I'm saying is that so like, you can't say that those what, are what, you what, can't no, make no, that. The argument. point the point that the point that I'm making is the reason why John McCain kept saying Hussein Obama is because he knew or he thought he knew what the perceptions were that white people had of of seeing a black man with that name, right? They that's why he kept saying it. That's why his advisors kept saying, keep stressing this man's full name because you need they need to know that he's not one of us but the thing is is that if they had said if he had kept saying his name is i don't even want to like tyrone blah, 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 like 
it would have been more impactful. I don't, I don't know that you, do. I honestly don't, I honestly, that is something that I just cannot, I cannot jump on that bandwagon with you on uh -huh. that, on the name thing for Barack Obama. I cannot jump on the bandwagon with you because one thing that I think that white people dislike at the time, disliked more than black people is terrorists. So, so. And so yeah. for that guy, so, so that guy me, to get elected as president before a black but who, person. But who ran with the name of Tyrone? Who ran? You're saying it as if we Jesse had a Jackson? We're sa You're Jesse saying Jackson it as if we had a Jesse Jackson was a, a presidential a, nominee. But did he have money behind him? Je Jesse Jackson was a Democratic nominee in '88, and he mm -hmm. ran again in he ran again in '90 in '92. He was the, he was the Democratic person. He came in he came, he came in second place. But was he the? Did he win the Demo no, he, Democratic no, nomination? No, because they they knew he wouldn't become he wouldn't have been elected president. Okay, but you're you're you're. I feel in some ways you're kind of creating a situation. I don't feel like. This is something that we can even argue about with the validity of of somebody's name because we don't we haven't had an example of this. We haven't had an example of this. You can't compare someone who ran in '88 to someone who ran in 2008 because the, the time period wasn't is not even the same. Right. So right. I, I don't think that's. So, I mean, so, I can't. So, okay. So 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 you just just to kind of make sure I understand, like the. You, I think you, that you, today, you, if a Tyrone ran against a a a a, a freaking uh, Donald, no, if a Tyrone <laughs> in the Democratic Party ran against a and was charismatic and and well liked and knew how to win people over, ran against a uh, I don't know Kyle Kyle. No, not a Kyle. I need a name that uh, ran against the Christopher. I don't know. I can't think of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of an Arabic name that's not a like ran against an Ahmad. Um, blah, Amir. Blah, blah. Amir. Uh, yeah. He would. He would win. Uh huh. I think he would. I would. I think they would choose a Tyro. A Tyro. Hold on, but you got you. So you you guys don't feel like there's like anything to the fact that like our first black president was not a descendant I don't, of slaves, I don't and think our first and our and our vice that. president also was not a descendant. I don't think there's like, anything like, to that. This is like no. the immigrant. These are like immigrant stories. I don't think there's anything to that because those people don't consider themselves immigrants. You hear Kamala talking about her, her Asian heritage and how she loves to be Asian. And she didn't wear nothing. Even She didn't try to pander to those people. She didn't try to get those votes on her side by saying, oh, you know, I'm half Indian or whatever she is. She didn't try to do none of that. She, she didn't win. She played. She played every card she could what, play. What what garb was she wearing? Did she wear any garb? Did you see her in any? No, yeah. she don't know. Yeah. She doesn't participate in that culture. Yeah. No. Same thing with Barack Obama. Was he doing anything? Ken? We don't know nothing about Kenyan culture. To be fair, he was no. raised by his white, the white side of his family. So I mean, yeah. the, it would be different. I would, I would be able to get on board with you if there was something culturally different about them that wasn't just like I'm more palatable to whites. Because I speak more white or I I do things that are more culturally white. And I don't think it's like white people are like, because I think that if an African person, like a straight up African that was like an immigrant came up here and tried to run for president, I don't think they would win. No, they wouldn't I even make it through they primaries. They wouldn't make it. An African immigrant with an African name that was like proudly African and American, they would not win. I do not nah. think they would win because Americans are xenophobic. Listen, man. I think that I think that either one of y'all could run for president. And win. No, I don't think I could run for president. First think, of all, I, think, I don't no, think no, I could. No, run. What, I, have, no, no. I have two radical views. I think that there is something to the fact that I think it's a coincidence. Barack is an acceptable Negro. I think it's because well, he was on. raised by white people. 
That's why I think. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me can can I back up? Let me back up for a second. So, Siba, was you, so was your point when were you saying that you were saying that John McCain was kept saying Hussein so he could strike fear into? His, oh, no, I'm saying he yeah. kept showing, he, he kept saying his full name. Yeah, this but dude I'm went saying, by Barry no, because he yes, thought that I'm, Barack would be a little bit too controversial out there. No, himself. so I'm yeah. no. Why I'm why, why I'm saying that is because it, yeah, he sounded like a terrorist. So he tried to strike fear into like the voters. No, no, I mean, he like well, it was he's black. You got to think, you, you it was think not about the two together. You got to think about Hussein, like where that, where, where, when you think of Hussein, what's the first person you come up with? Barack. No. no. <laughs> come on, man. I'm taking on, a piss. Man. Nah. Come on, man. <laughs> I think it's a coincidence, but I also think, again, I also think that they're not with Barack because, again, I think that that is a completely separate situation. We could talk about Kamala if we want to. I think Barack is different because he never knew his dad. Mm-hmm. He never had a relationship with his dad. He knows nothing about his Kenny heritage. He was raised by his white family members. Uh-huh. Like, I think that's completely different. But I think with someone like Kamala, we could talk about why someone like Kamala was in the position that she was in to be where she is today. Uh-huh. And again, I think when it comes to those those classes, because is, is she what kind of Asian is she? Is she South Asian? So she's yeah, she's uh, she's she's Indian. South Asian. Yeah. Again, that's another culture that really focuses on education and uh, gaining education as their yeah. blueprint. What so I'm is- what I'm saying with there is if you wanted to make an argument about the fact that being an immigrant or being a first generation was a reason why she's in the position that she's in because yes. because of her seeking certain types of education, then that's fair. We can make that argument. But I don't think there's anything specifically to when it comes to voters. I don't think there's anything to voters with regard to someone being actually black American or someone being an immigrant be, or someone being immigrant, an immigrant or from an immigrant, because one, we don't have nuance. We're all monoliths. So they don't care about our heritage or where we're from unless there's something they can exploit against us to be to be a negative thing. Like for Barack Obama, that's the only reason why we know his dad was Kenyan was because they wanted to make sure that people knew that he wasn't American because Americans are for America. <laughs> like, so, yeah, if his name was Tyrone Johnson, I think he still and he was Barack. But he was maybe Tyrone Johnson or Chris or Cory Booker or something. He could have won. I think he still could have won. Let me tell you something, man. People clown the shit out of Cory Booker and that uh, corny voice that I'm trying to sound white voice. Uh, so I don't know if he had a lot of hope. Bakari Sellers has hope, I will say. He does have hope. Yeah, you mean, I mean Bakari that was on that, uh, that, um, that reality TV show in, in like the mid-2010s? That Bakari? He's on CNN. He was on CNN. He was also on a reality TV show. Yeah, I'm pretty show. sure he was also on a reality TV show. He was. Really? It was on, yes, it, yeah. was on a Wii, it was on Wii Network or wherever that, yeah. Damn it, Bakari. Yeah, yeah he's smooth. I'm pretty sure he, he was. He was, and he did that that woman very dirty, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but that's but that's nor here nor there, so. Yeah, I would love thy sister or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He was cold-blooded yeah. on that joint, but go ahead. Yeah, he was. Nah, love, nah, nah, love thy sister. <laughs> all right man i don't know i feel like we uh we could uh dig into this uh some more and some more i'm sure there'll be some some opportunities later on to to dig in more uh into some of this stuff but i think we're at like the uh, <laughs> at the hour mark yeah we we passed the hour mark i'm just sitting here listening to was going man. boy she gets going yeah. man it's like yes yeah, she she went on a 20 uh 10 minute monologue so <laughs> i sure did i feel bad about that Y'all nah, interrupt you, me, so I'm not doing nah, that. Nah, I guess nah, it's not nah, nah. Just listening to me, 
No, nah, we got we, with me. So we just got we got what you work could. on that. I need nah, to work we, on that because I be going, I do be going on long ass monologues, especially do, when I get going with my sources and shit. I really do be going for long. <laughs> I need nah, to but learn we, to edit. We get we gotta let you cook, man. You were you were on a roll, so I was like, let me let me just let her let me sit back and just listen. Cause you said you would have said it way better than I would. I would mine would have been two sentences and that's it. So <laughs> sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's I all mean, you need. Yeah. It's, it's better that way. Sometimes yeah. it's better that way. I, feel, I I do I honestly feel like Africans need to be more aware of their privilege. They like, do. I, I agree with that. I think that they need to be more and more aware of their privilege, understanding that these things like we we are not uh, the same. And no, we're not the same. Yeah, you're right. Not. And we are not always viewed by white people. I see it in corporate all the time. The same. We're not. All right. Well, on that note, guys, you know, it's another good episode. Of Woke from home. We 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 got to hear Toy and see what go at it. I was just watching and listening. You know, it was very enjoyable, <laughs> but hopefully y'all enjoyed it, too. Uh, it was a lot of, a lot of good content for sure. Uh, a lot of things that hopefully that has you thinking about like your experience as a person and how it could be impacted through a lens of somebody else for sure. So, uh, you know, Toyin Nasiba, y'all have y'all have anything else before we get up out of here? I do not hate white people. I just feel like I need. <laughs> Uh, always good always good catching up with y'all uh i think we're gonna do this uh again next week so uh y'all stay safe snowmageddon 2.0's uh no, it's, it's coming it's coming this is the podcast stay warm yeah you know get your portable chart get your portable uh generator no, 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 man. no it's snowmageddon really coming or are you guys yeah it's supposed to be coming what wednesday night yeah no, so me. you know get I'll get ready it's get ready it's coming on that note, y'all, you know, y'all be safe, be easy. Ciao.